Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 1. It reads, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David, according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. As we begin our walk through Romans today, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to yesterday's episode that really sets up the book and gives us kind of this big picture of what Paul is trying to do. Because you have to forget some things that you already know to place yourself into this historical context. Remember in the book of Acts, we talked about how Paul is on his way to Rome and he's going to stand before Caesar there on trial. But this is not where we pick up Paul here in this epistle. Paul has yet to travel to Rome. And so that's going to play into how this letter 
matter is shaped, how it forms. And so Ursula is back with us, as she will be for this entire Roman study. Ursula, help us understand a little bit about this context and how it sets up really chapter one and then what Paul's going to do here in the letter. Paul did not plant the Church of Rome. That was probably done by some of the people he had uh, preached to previously that were followers of Christ. He might have been their spiritual father, but he himself had never gone to Rome and to visit that church. That was one of the cries of his heart, that he could go do that. And in fact, he will talk about that through this. He really was on his way to Jerusalem to take some much-needed aid to that church there. And then he was hoping to visit the Roman church after his visit to Spain. So he had a whole itinerary planned, a travel plan. We find out later he wasn't able to make that in that way and visit them in that way. He would actually visit Rome the next time in prison as a prisoner, unfortunately not as a free person to run around and and visit churches. So that was really hard for him to not be there. That's great, Ursula, because it really helps us understand, hey, why is this letter so much bigger than the rest of the letters that we have? And it's because he wants to make sure that that foundation is there. The gospel is central, and they have to understand that. But also with his explanation of the gospel and what he's trying to do here is he sets this up. But his opening words might be a little bit strange to us if we're just relying upon what we've seen in the gospel accounts and even the book of Acts. Because he sets the stage for this letter by bringing in a concept that we haven't yet really wrestled with in the scriptures to this point, and definitely we haven't touched on too much here in our podcast. So help us understand and unpack his opening here. Yeah, so if you look at the very first verse in the very first chapter, Paul, he introduces himself, right? And he says, I'm a servant. Or in some of your versions, it might say, I'm a slave. Or in others, it might say, I'm a bondservant. And really, what that word, that word doulos in the Greek, what that really means, it means the word bondservant. And you know why that's so amazing? When we think of slavery, we think of like Civil War slaves. That is not how uh, slavery operated uh, in the Roman Empire at that time. A lot of times what would occur is if you were in debt— you would sell yourself into slavery and you would do that to pay off your debt. So for instance, I would equate it to if I had a lot of debt and I would become a nanny for a family and that family would then basically operate like I had a lot of rights. In fact, many of the same rights being able to eat at their home, not necessarily at the table, right, with the sons, but I would be able to eat there. They would give me a place to live. They would take care of me. And I actually would probably even have a little bit of money to save why I was working as an indentured servant um, to pay off that debt. And so what Paul is saying here is he was a bond servant and a bond servant was actually, they were freed. Their debt was paid to their master. And the master's like, you're free to go. But because of the master's kindness, because the master was so gracious, the slave would say, well, I don't want to go. I want to be part of your family. And so they would literally take that slave, and you can find this in the book of Deuteronomy, but they would take that slave, they would put his earlobe 
against the door and they put a peg in it. And every time I go into a, you know, a place and I see a person with a big gauge in their ear, I think of that. I think of, oh, bond servant. I know that's not who they are. I know that's not what that is for, but that's really kind of what they were doing. They'd make this big hole in their ear. There would be that. And when people would see that slave, they would now know they are free, but they have chosen now to serve their master. And it didn't point to the slave's work ethic or anything like that. It pointed to the kindness and the mercy and the grace of the master. So Paul here is saying, I am a servant. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I am free, but I am choosing now to submit my will, to submit all of my time, all of my talents, everything that I have I know has been gifted to me, and I choose now to use it to serve Christ. I appreciate really how you've set that up for us, because when we look in this chapter, we get into some heavy unrighteousness, wickedness, wrath. But these words that we might have thought, hey, slave, servant, having this negative connotation, it really helps to paint the picture of Paul understanding the depth of his debt the depth of grace that's been poured out upon him and his desire to live his life now bound to the one who has freed him. Because we get into the second half here of chapter one and there's so much happening with the dishonesty, the impurity, the wickedness, the sinfulness of man. But I really want to jump down into verse 32. It says, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but it give approval to those who practice them. And we get these types of concepts here as we're walking through Romans and this concept of the gospel being on display in all places Yet we always want to talk about, well, what about people who don't have a Bible in their language? Or what about people who have never had somebody share the gospel with them? Are they really without excuse? Are they really without an opportunity to respond to the gospel? Are they really in a situation that we can expect them to understand that God has clearly displayed himself to him? And so what would you say to somebody who's wrestling with that thought? How would you answer that question for them? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it is laid out very beautifully in the first chapter. And just knowing, so if you go back to Verse 18, and it does talk about God's wrath. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, which is what was going on, right, in verse 32. So it is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness, they're suppressing the truth, the truth of God. And here's where he kind of lays out why God's wrath. And he says, Because what can be known to them about God, it's plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. Well, and you're saying, but they don't have a Bible. Well, here's the deal. It says in verse 20, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And so what God is saying there, he's like, listen, I am making myself known by the creation of the world. And because I'm making myself known, that these are clear to you, that honestly, in our heart of hearts, 
everyone knows that God exists. And what they're doing is they're suppressing the truth, the suppressing the truth of his power. They're suppressing the truth of his glory. And because God says, in these things that have been made, I'm making it really plain to you why now you're without excuse, he says at the end of 20. And 21, it goes on, excuse me, and it says, for although they knew God, because we all know him, at some level, and you're not accountable for the level you don't know him, it's the level you do know him, but we all know him. They do not honor him as God or give thanks to him. And that is so true, right? I think about my own life and how much I don't tend to honor God in this, or I'm not thankful. I can tend to not have a thankful heart and I'm without excuse. He has plainly given me all things I need and I can be really unthankful because we are unthankful and we don't give honor. God says in that we can become futile in our minds, in our thinking. That means a waste of space (laughs) in another term. He lays it out very clearly and we can become wise in our own eyes, right? We can sit there and talk about the things of God, but they're really not of God. We can lean on our own understanding about who God is, but he's like, no, I'm making myself clear to you. And so because of that, the wrath of God will be poured out on all who do not profess the Lord. And that's one of those things that we don't really get excited about, but it's a foundational truth that we have to understand. God's wrath will be poured out upon the sin of the world. We go back all the way to Genesis. We see that there was judgment for the sin that took place, but that judgment then led to the path forward for salvation. And we're going to see that that's part of this process that he's building is, yes, there is sin. The judgment of sin will also allow for there to be salvation from sin and from those things. And so we'll get to see that as we walk forward. And so maybe you had a different question as you read through this passage that you wanted to focus in on that we have not covered. We are only able to cover so much in this podcast with our time constraints and what we're trying to do. And you know, there's so much more in each one of these chapters. So as we do always, Figure out what that question is that your heart is prompting you to search into. Use the tools and the people in your life to help you to see in a greater sense what God's word is speaking to you. And as you do that, grow in your love and your desire for obedience to the way in which God has revealed himself to you. As we've talked about today, you're not held accountable for the things you don't know, but for what you do know. In the way in which God has revealed himself to you today, find yourself faithful as you walk forward in truth. Know today you are loved.